And the show um, started. Yes, it is. I probably I... ruined that recording. I was saying um as yeah. you started it. Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, I did want to. Pat commented on this. Paul, I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, my facial hair and hair right now. Yeah, it, yeah. I said it sucks, and you look like a pedo. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just, Jared, like you look so different. It's it's kind of fresh, man. I, I, I'm down with it. Thank you. You're down with it? I am. He looks like the, you know, creepy guy on Snapchat he's always been. Perfect. <laughs> That's not uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so it, this came from two different looks. So my mustache. So what happened is I went home to my parents for around Easter time. Or like the Easter weekend, this past weekend. And I, everybody else had, my, my dad and my brother had mustaches. And I'm like, I can't just be the only one without a mustache. So. I already had my beard, so I just shaved it down, and my dad's like, oh, you should use this mustache on the show that I watched last night. It's from, like, the new show Freud, and, like, one of Freud's friends in the show has this ridiculous mustache. So I have the stash, and then it's, like, this little soul patch type thing, and then just the bottom of a chin strap, like, <laughs> the width of my mustache. It's So, Jared, do yeah, you want to know how much of a tool I was? When I got to Marquette, I had nothing but a soul patch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> true story oh my gosh oh god but i'm not bald paul so i can at least pull it off hey i shaved my head okay i i look good now so so, please grow a soul patch i think that would complete the package yeah uh all right uh where's that where's the soul patch right here yeah yeah, right right underneath your lip it's yeah. where the soul is, brother. Where the soul I don't. Is. I don't grow a lot of hair there. My body rejects the soul patch naturally. Jared, you got the beard and yeah. the mustache. What's yeah. going on in between? Yeah, it's just kind of. So then you got so, no chops. So then over here, um, <laughs> we did. So you got I, a I have, haircut. I have to. Well, I would like to call it a Peaky Blinder haircut from the show Peaky Blinders. It's uh, yeah. That's that it's was a fade. the. You get a fade. Well, it's a hard fade, though. I mean, it's like the the edges. So this is the shortest my hair has ever been on the side. It's not and a I'm, hard fade. And I'm talking like the shortest, even in elementary school at any point. This is the lowest I've ever. What is that? A two? This is a one. Yeah, it's a two. It's dude. a one. It's, it's a, a one? one on my sides. You got to go skin, bro. I, dude, just, we're like twins. Just, That's what I get. Just and you to, said I have a Macklemore haircut, but you <laughs> have the same haircut. <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying is that I like. I've never even come to the point where I knew what the different numbers meant because I've always just had my hair cut with like scissors, you know. Like I've never even got like the buzz type cut before. So the top is how did you the get same. a haircut, Jay? My you mom just did it. Bash Mayor Lightfoot. No, my mom did for it for 
My mom did. Oh, so your mom's the uh, one that broke the line yes. and <laughs> yeah. shaved Lightfoot's So head. she did my brother and my hair uh, at the same time and my dad's. So we all have like this simpler, we all have a mustache with this ridiculous hair. My brother is slicking his back. I might slick mine back at one point just to be an extra uh, douche, I guess. But uh, I just figured if there's ever a time to do a ridiculous haircut, something that, you know, I'm not going to do in public, this is the time to do it. Because by the time, you know, it grows out, then... We'll be back Jay, in society, your, I'm hoping. Your hair doesn't look ridiculous. That's, like, somewhat stylish. Yeah, your mom's not, but yeah, you know, certified. <laughs> she did a good job, though. <laughs> well, your half-mutton chop, soul-patch, goatee, shit-fest needs to go. <laughs> well, we'll see. Why we'll do you see. have the sideburns? But then you shaved more on the side of your head. I don't know. It was. Yeah. It came in two different <laughs> oh stages. God. It's not great. I don't know, guys. It's not great. It's it's whatever. It's whatever. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. You do. You do. You. Yeah. I'm just exactly. <laughs> I'm just yeah. Uh, in a bit, we're going to be joined by a longtime veteran stadium DJ, uh, Mr. Chris Hubble, will be joining us shortly. Pat, did you do the Kangaroo Jack soundtrack? Uh, it's going to be up before the podcast drops, but no, I haven't done it yet. Okay. Well, we'll talk more about that next, uh, next week then. Recording live from somewhere. Uh, so joining us is a, Chris, how long have you been a stadium DJ? Uh, since 1999. So this would, uh, whenever it starts, this will be my 22nd season. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. One day. So 22 year old veteran, um, signified OG, one of my good friends. Uh, we have Chris Hubble joining us, and uh, we're going to talk about some stadium DJ stuff today. But um, welcome to uh, Zoom meeting, Chris. Have you been on one of these? I actually just finished one earlier, and I did one last week. So I'm uh, learning the ropes of Zoom kind of uh, as a necessity to be in touch with people under the current weird circumstances we're living under. Yep. I did. Did you guys do this with your families? I did this on both sides of my family for Easter. We had Zoom yes. meetings. Yeah. Uh, one of my sides could not figure out the technology, so we didn't even attempt it. Uh, the other side, we did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I forgot it was Easter until um, maybe 3 p.m. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I did not do any, any Zoom meetings. I can't even figure out how to get the screen back up. She's <laughs> having get, trouble right now. I can't get it back up. Let alone with his family involved, yeah. Anyway, yeah, my, Chris, what are you doing? Uh, how are you keeping busy? Uh, luckily, um, I still have, uh, I'm still able to come to my regular nine to five job every day because we are making masks for people to help protect people from the virus. Um, so we're able to continue working. And uh, other than that, you know, working five or six hours a day, I'm listening to a ton of music. I am immersing myself in as much music as possible because that is, uh, that's my normal. So that's what I'm, what I've glommed onto and just listen to music four or five hours, sometimes more uh, every night. So one thing I always wanted to ask you is um, obviously you have to play popular music, which sometimes means it might not be something you listen to by yourself. Um, How do you sort of like in the off season, like prepare yourself for getting, you know, those songs ready to go in some sort of playlist? Well, the thing I learned about doing about DJing in any situation, I I came up as as a, 
I've been DJing in one way, shape or form since 1987, which is really scary to think about. But I've been, I've done high school radio, college radio, um, interned at a large station in the city. DJing is not about what you like. It's about playing to your audience. So during the off season, um, I will look at playlists from, you know, the mix from B96, from Kiss FM to get, uh, to get a handle on what people are listening to um, that aren't necessarily the things that I'm listening to. Because my opinion um, doesn't, doesn't mean all that much in order to do my job the right way. Uh, it's about playing things for the playing things for the audience, not for myself. When I'm at home and I've got the headphones on, that's when I can listen to things that are going to give me enjoyment. But to sit in the sit in the hot seat, it's about learning what other people are listening to and trying to put as much of a mix of that together as possible for every game. So where you know what I, what I like to do. I, I always like to set my goal for every game is every fan walks out of every game saying that they enjoyed at least one song I played during, during the three and a half hours they're in attendance. But something, something cool about you that I know is you like to incorporate local music into the experience. And not only that, you don't believe in playing the same artist more than once, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Local playing local music. Um, is important to me because um, local artists sometimes need more love and exposure and um, the ability to be heard than huge national acts. I mean, if I play a Cardi B song, <laughs> you know, it's big, big deal. But if I find a local band that's good, ballpark appropriate, um, and they play it, or I play it for, and, and they hear about it, it's going to get them exposed, you know, just some deserved mm -hmm. exposure that they may not have had in other platforms. So it's, it's important to, to spread and, and have good music played for people um, that they may not necessarily hear during their normal consumption of music. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the upcoming concert calendar? You think anything's going to happen this summer? I, I hope so, because as you well know, I am an avid concert goer. Yep. I would go to two, three, four, five, six shows a month, every month. And I haven't been to a show now uh, way too long. I want to say Soul Asylum in early, on Valentine's Day. I'm pretty sure that was the last show I went to. And there's, there've already been shows that I had planned on going to that have been canceled. So I've seen things online saying no shows until 2021, Oof. which if, if that were the case, I don't know. I'm, what I'm doing is I'm spending my ticket money and I'm buying vinyl. So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm supporting the music business one way or another. I, mm -hmm. I wish I could go see live music and I can't wait for it to happen again, but you know, obviously everyone's safety is, is paramount to that, but there's a, there's a lot of good shows that are going to be here that are supposed to be here. If, um, if we get the all clear for that to happen. Yeah. I broke the rule. I bought tickets to Wrigley to see GNR. Um, I'm not sure if that one's going to happen. 
Yeah, I've uh, I've got tickets to a Wrigley show as well for uh, Green no Day way. and Weezer. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, the only way I'll go is if I mean I I haven't been to Wrigley in years. I had I had free I got free Foo Fighters tickets uh, last summer or two summers ago, and I broke my rule and and went to Wrigley for that, and it was okay. You know, it's a it's a big venue. I don't like going to big venues. I prefer clubs over big venues, mm-hmm. but. There are certain bands, obviously, you can't see at clubs anymore. Even though I did get to see Green Day at the Aragon on the Revolution Radio Tour. So that was great. You and Jared could probably um, have some interesting conversations. You're a sound guy. Jared actually works for a post-audio, um, post-production audio, post audio company. Correct, Jared? Yes, that's correct. That's correct. Okay. Well, that's, that's a cool gig. So, yeah, when I've talked to Chris about concerts before, he always says these things about, like, sound that nobody else would say. He's like, well, I didn't really like the acoustics up in this section. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm just, like, over here, like, uh, yeah, I mean, it is outdoor venue. I don't know. So. <laughs> so what are some of your favorite uh, venues out there? How about, like, top three venues you've seen? If you've seen this many concerts, this is, like, it's most than, you know, more people you probably see more in a month on a typical month than most people see in like a couple of years, you know, probably <laughs> Yeah. my, my top three venues in no particular order would be the Aragon, the house of blues and the Metro. All Chicago. Yeah. yeah. What do you like about the Aragon? Uh, I, I've seen so many good shows at the Aragon. Um, it's a great room. It's got a, this, the, the architecture is great. More often than not, the sound is great. Um, the The painting on the ceiling always captivates me every time I go in there. Um, I like it better than the Riv. The Riv's a little, the Riv's smaller. Uh, so Chris, I, I got I got to interrupt you. I, whenever we talk about the Riv, I always talk about how hard of a place that is to see a show because it's literally all general admission so if you go to a show by yourself which i've done and you ditch your spot your spot's gone well i'm a habitual line jumper (laughs) (laughs) i will i will start wherever i start and try and weasel my way as close to the front of the stage as i possibly can which is why i love metro and i love house of blues because they're all general admission venues. I've never, I think the only time I was ever at a seated show at house of blues was to see Norm McDonald do stand up. <laughs> everything else has been general admission. And, you know, luckily being a rather stout individual, I can weasel my way in and not get pushed, pushed back. It's <laughs> got the advantages. <laughs> Right. Hashtag um, bad guy advantages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? You called um, the job of being a DJ a hot seat. Like, what's some of the stressful parts of the gig? Oh, you're always you're always on. And you, uh, you know, specifically talking about DJing at socks is my my uh, my mic is always hot, so to speak. Um, I've I've gotten, I've built up enough equity and trust that my fader is always up. Uh, I can't make a mistake. I can't make a sound when the batter's in the box. I have to adhere to MLB timing rules. I have to know when there's time 
to throw a crowd prompt in there to try and get some some buzz going. It is it is stressful. Um, getting edits of player music correct is as time has gone on, players have become a lot more particular about their music <laughs> mm-hmm. um, in asking for, I want 20 to 22 second mark to the 45 to 47 second mark, nothing before, nothing after. <laughs> so there's, there's pressure when it comes to doing edits and there's, you know, making sure that the things they give that I, I put out there are clean. So I always have to listen to things before, I, I play them for real. Um, you have to think about lyrical content of the songs you're going to play. Not, not even so much as um, if there's, I mean, obviously if there's swearing in it, it's a, it's a no go, but there are certain things that are, that are inappropriate. Um, and you've got to be cognizant of that at all times. I, I always have to think of the worst case scenario. For to take a make it a really extreme example, after Hurricane Katrina, uh, I didn't play "Walking on Sunshine" from Katrina and the Waves for like a year, year and a half, because wow. I was a I was afraid of somebody saying it was inappropriate. And there have been times where I have played things that I thought were completely innocuous and completely safe, and I got a complaint. There was one afternoon game. Um, Whenever we would do afternoon games and we would do a kiss cam in an afternoon game, I would use afternoon delight as like the kiss cam song, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, no, nothing sexually explicit referenced in the song whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. But there was one day when a game ops producer came up to the booth and said, did you play afternoon delight for kiss cam? I'm like, yeah, like I do every afternoon yeah. game. It wasn't the <laughs> yeah. first time I'd played. And I, I was told somebody went to guest relations and complained that they thought it was an inappropriate song because of the, because of the subtext of the song. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. That, that is a, unfortunately that is a 100% true story. So even things that you think are safe, people can read anything into anything they want. You can't play afternoon delight, but you can play Cardi B. <laughs> yeah, it seems a little strange, but yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's gotta be, you know, s- sometimes maybe we can only play 30 seconds of a Cardi B song that's safe. Yeah. But you know, I, my biggest thing is I want to keep my name out of the papers. I do not want to do anything when I'm in that chair that's going to bring any heat on myself, on the organization at all. Yeah. And, and again, you've got to think really hard sometimes to try and avoid that. But, you know, knock on wood, for the most part, I've kept my name out of the papers for the last 20 years, which is what I think part of the reason I'm still there. <laughs> you've never played a song like someone asked you from marketing or whatever to play a song and you never heard it before? Like nothing like that has ever happened? I would never, ever, ever. I don't care. The only person that I would blindly play a song for is, is Jerry Reinsdorf. <laughs> there's, there's no yeah. one else that I would, yes. because my job is, my job means too much to me, number one. And again, I'm a, I'm a representative of a major league baseball team. There's, there's 29 other of me in, in the world. And I'm not going to do something that's going to, you know, I love my job. 
I absolutely love what I do. And they're going to have to drag me out of there kicking and screaming. And I am not going to do anything that's going to jeopardize my standing in the organization, the organization standing in the city, or the organization standing within the framework of Major League Baseball. I care too much about, about who I work for and what I do. And I have a, I have a great reputation and I'm not going to do anything to sully that reputation. It's a pretty cool gig, Chris. Yeah. Um, Jared, I, you look like you're dying to ask some questions. Well, yeah, I got a lot of questions. So does it just <laughs> take one complaint from one person to stop you for, like to stop something like, have you stopped playing afternoon delight now? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. One complaint from one person is all it takes. Whether that's done via social media, whether um, it's done in the park. There's another, I can give you another example of something that I thought was fun. Um, we were playing Texas. I remember we were playing the Texas Rangers. And two guys had a, uh, I think the center fielder and the second baseman had a collision. And they were both fine. Neither one of them were down. There was no injury. I wasn't making light of an injured player. I played Ring My Bell from Anita Ward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, I'm, again, there's, there's nobody down on the ground or anything. And somebody on social media said it was a classless move by the White Sox. Would never do it again. Yeah. Are, are there some songs that are, are clean and like they would pass all of your standards, but you just refuse to play? Not really, because, um, again, as as long as they're appropriate, um, odds are somebody out there is going to like something that I probably, you know, there's been a lot of times I play music I don't want to play. But again, it's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's about making a good, making uh, a positive fan experience. So, yeah, just because I don't like something, doesn't mean I won't play it. I, I've, you know, in the last couple of years, I've probably played more music that I don't like than music I do like. But in order for me to do my job the right way, I have to put, I have to take my opinions and my musical tastes and check them at the door. It's the only way to do my job the right way. Uh, I have a question just cause I've noticed that there's some songs that get played, um, I wouldn't say every day, but they get played a lot. Do you think that the Southsiders have some fan favorite songs? Um, one thing I hear a lot is Kickstart My Heart or Living Out of Prayer. Um, do you think that the culture of going to a baseball game on the South Side, that there are some fan favorite songs? Yes, no question about it. Thunderstruck being tops among them. Um, right. I always I use Living on a Prayer as a sing-along. Um, which I don't know if anybody ever did that before I did it. Now you hear it. You know, I'm not trying to take credit for it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. <laughs> if you did I it, yeah, say it. <laughs> I don't. Re- I don't recall hearing it elsewhere. Fading the song out in parts where you want to get the fans to sing along, and um, it works great. I love it. It gives me like the biggest adrenaline rush when I hear them singing along to that song. Kickstart My Heart is an arena rock staple. Um, uh, 
My songs know what you did in the dark from fallout boy is another one. I play quite a bit. Um, and I'm actually working on a custom home run edit for that. Uh, I was working on it before I, I, before they, you know, before shelter in place went into effect. Um, those are, those are probably four of the top ones that I think kind of have a stamp with the white Sox. And then we'll go go White Sox as well, which got resurrected in 2005. Uh, was it a personal decision to play Icona Pop um, often? Is that a personal decision, or you think everybody likes it? I think everybody likes it, <laughs> and it's it's so it's so upbeat and it's so perfect for the certain situations I use it in. Mm -hmm. um, that you know, it works when something works. I I you know, as with anything. If I get a positive pop from something, I'm going to use it. I'm going to go back to it because um, good pops are hard to come by. Um, and I will I will lean on those things that I know work because, again, if they work, they work. Oh, oh yeah. Um, are there any songs that you would just love to play in the ballpark but you can't? Because they are too inappropriate. The one song that I have been trying to find a home for is the game from Motorhead. It's um, like a, I, that's a WWE staple. It's a, it's a WWE <laughs> staple. It, it, I wanted, I begged, I begged Bobby Jenks to let me use it for his, because <laughs> I thought it would have been perfect for him. I thought it just, that song was made for him to walk into and he didn't like it. So we wound up going with uh, the edit of, of POD of boom from POD for him. Um, that's one I would like to play. Um, there's some edgier hip hop, like some public enemy stuff that um, I would like to use, but I don't because of the political nature of the band. Um, like shut them, I, I've used shut them down in in little snippets, but um, that's it. Uh, those are really the only ones I can think of. I mean, I think Motorhead's yeah. kind of kind of heavy, but that song is perfect. Yeah, I would be fired within minutes of uh, <laughs> having having free reign of that. So <laughs> it's pretty crazy you've been doing it for this long up top. That's awesome. Well, everybody makes mistakes, but sometimes you just you shit your pants and you you <laughs> hope that no one hurts. <laughs> uh, what would your walk-up song be? Oh, that changes um, constantly. One that I always go back to is the opening of Deuce from Kiss. Um. That's the one that I always go back to. There, there's other songs that, uh, um, of course, hey Chris, I'm, I'm blanking is, right now. Is there a more, <laughs> is there not a more appropriate uh, walk-up song than Man in the Box by Alice in Chains? You know, Matt Spiegel <laughs> always says that if he were a closer, that's what he would use for his walk-up song. I know, but I mean, like the batter's box, like it's literally perfect. 
except for the line of being buried in my shit. Yeah. Right. You, have yeah. To, you have to use the clean version of that, but no, that is a, that would be a great walk up song. I would just do the throat slapping part, you know, the, I, 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 I. I would just do that part. But yeah, r- right now I'm blanking on anything else. I know there was a glorious sun song that I, Oh, there's a, a song called Panic Attack by the Glorious Sons, a band nobody's ever heard of that I would probably have used at some point. Um, the open of Welcome to the Jungle is uh, a super adrenaline rush for me. Hell yeah. Uh, the Rocket <laughs> yeah. Queen is another one. Uh, I'd be one of, I'd be like Frank Thomas. I would be a total pain in the ass and change my walk. <laughs> once or twice a home stand. Constantly. Oh, can you share some of those uh, frustrating stories of people having particularness about their songs? Royce Clayton. <laughs> I don't think anyone in the White Sox organization liked Royce Clayton, and I didn't either, um, because he would send stuff up during games. Like the clubhouse guy would come up during a game, and it would be like, this is when we still use CDs for most of our music acquisition. Oh, gosh. It'd be like track 14, 15 seconds in. (laughs) And I, I, you know, luckily I'm pretty good at editing music. So I would, I'd get it in the system and I would do it. And, and then I'd play it. The phone in the, in the, the video room would ring and Chris, what did you just play for Royce Clayton? What he asked for track 14, 15 seconds in. No, no, it's supposed to be track 13. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> like, oh, I was given I was given bad information. <laughs> Calling but up he, from the dugout, that's crazy. Yeah, he, after his at bat, he called instantly cuz I played the wrong song. And then there was uh <laughs> there was an incident with Roberto Alomar that always makes me laugh. He sent a song up and I I listened to it and I know enough Spanish to know the bad words. And I know that, <laughs> that culo is not necessarily a ballpark appropriate term. And I said, I can't play it. I told the clubhouse guy, I'm like, I can't play it. It's got a, you know, it's got a bad word in Spanish in it. Three minutes later, the phone in the audio room rings. I pick it up or the, the engineer picks it up and uh, I hear words I dread. Roberto Alomar wants to talk. Okay. <laughs> and I'm, I look at him. I'm like, you're kidding. You, you've got, you're lying. There's no Roberto Alomar wants to talk to you. Pick up the phone. Hello. Why won't you play my song? <laughs> I said, Mr. Alomar, there's, there's bad language in it. He goes, oh, these white people in the seats aren't going to know that there's that that's a bad <laughs> oh, word. Oh, my God. <laughs> said, listen, I am the whitest guy you are ever going to come across, and even I know that Kulo is a bad word. <laughs> and he just, he just busts out laughing. He starts laughing. That's an MLB goes, Hall of Famer okay, right there, Chris. I guess you got a point. Yeah. He goes, if if, if – you're as white as you say you are, and you know it's bad. Then they're gonna know it's bad. I'll find something else. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, this this went about as well as it could have gone. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna count my blessings. And you had uh, one player who <laughs> wanted a certain song during the day and one song at night. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, I, I think so. I don't. Re- 
<laughs> I think you're. I think I think well, he had man, his son was... in the he had his son in the clubhouse. He was a uh, team leader. I think that was him. John Abring, Adam Laroche. I'm. I, I remember the situation, but I don't remember the player. I mean, you got to remember. I've had dealings with hundreds of players over the over my tenure, so your your memory on some things is probably going to be better than mine. <laughs> and I think this is one of those situations. <laughs> what What's like the most obscure one? Like, where you just really question that as a walk up song? There's probably some that they're probably just doing as like a joke, right? Oh, the, um, when Paul Canerco wanted uh, Big Papa from Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it turned out that he lost a bet and he had to use that song for a month. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but when it comes to obscure music now, it's like, oh, man, like I haven't even heard of half of the artists these yeah. guys want, yeah. let alone their music. Like, and it's always, you know, this guy featuring this guy and this guy and this guy. Like, there's six different artists listed, and I don't know half. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm 46 years old. I try and stay as tuned in on current music as I can. But, I mean, I'm not looking on YouTube all day for, mm-hmm. for new music. You know, luckily, I get that exposure from, from the players. Mm-hmm. The, the, the players help me keep current on a lot of stuff yeah i don't know half the songs my brother knows and he's only a few years younger than me i mean it's it is crazy how much stuff just pops up and especially now i feel like with all the kind of the way people absorb music through spotify and all these different things it just it's there's so much out there oh yeah the the availability of music is um is unbelievable now there's so many different ways to consume it um and uh, the younger generation definitely has a better handle on it than I do. But I try. You know, I don't um I don't rest on my laurels. I know I've got a I've got to bring new stuff to the park every day or they'll find somebody who will. So I do try and stay as current as possible. There's a a service we subscribe to that that I listen to music on there a couple times a week to get an idea of what's popular and you know what I'm going to be playing whenever we go back. Uh any thoughts on remixes, or do you think that they're hit or miss? Some are good, some are bad. Um, I've heard both. Uh, some of them are really good. Um, like there's one, uh, there's a getting jiggy with it remix. There are some DJs that are better at it than others too. Um, like I don't like it when every song sounds like, no matter what song they're remixing, it sounds the same as every other song they remix. So it's they, they are hit or miss. Um, like there's a living on a prayer remix that I think is awful that I would love to be able to play, but it's terrible. <laughs> you know, it's, it blends into every other EDM song you've ever heard in your life. So I avoid it. Um, but there's like, there's a song I use for wins. That's a, a remix of celebration. It's great. Um, you know, normally I think Celebration is about the hokiest, most overused <laughs> song yep. ever. Yeah. But the remix puts a great spin on it. It sounds fresh and modern. So um, there's a winner for you right there. Do you just get sick of like a lot of like going to weddings and just all of the music being 
those kind of same sort of thing. Like I'm sure it's a lot of the same, some of the same sort of stuff you have to play at the at the stadium. Like there are certain songs I you just will avoid. I haven't been to a wedding in a long time, okay. but um, so I don't. I mean, I I stopped doing weddings in I stopped doing weddings 20 years ago. I think the last wedding I did was in the year 2000. Um, at which time things were definitely changing. But I mean, the formula for doing a wedding. I mean, I think I could probably do a wedding today if, if somebody put a gun to my head and, and do a decent job of it, because some of the principles of entertainment haven't changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's probably similar. Um, people that I know that have gone to weddings have all said the music sucks. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know what I don't know what their definition of the music sucks means. So. Um, yeah, I can't really, I can't really talk to that point. I was going to say, I'm going to go ahead and say music at weddings today sucks. Yep. (laughs) Yes. Yep. I would agree with that. Yeah. My, my dad's wedding DJ was pretty chill, but, uh, we did ban Bruno Mars and Beyonce earlier on this show. We banned him from weddings. (laughs) Um, I my my last question is just how do you do you ever go to other I'm assuming you go to games at other stadiums how, do you like do you constantly compare yourself to other DJs at other stadiums Unfortunately yes Um I can't go to another like to the United Center or to, you know I I've, I've gone to Minnesota Detroit Boston um minor league stadiums independent league stadiums uh, and, and my daughter, I used to go to Hawks games with my daughter all the time. And I would always have comments about the music. And she would just grab my arm at, at 10 years old <laughs> and go, Dad, can't you just enjoy the game? And I said, yes. I'm not wired that way anymore. Yep, I, I yep. can't just enjoy the game. I'm, yep. you know, I'm immersed in production 81 times a year. It's hard to just, just enjoy it. It's really hard to because mm-hmm. I always think I could do a uh, – I wouldn't have played that there. I would have played this or I wouldn't have done this. I would have done this different. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's hard because you're, you know, it's what I'm used to. I set a, as Pat will attest, I I have a very, very high level of standard that I set for myself. And I don't know if it's always, if everybody else's bar is set the same way. So I'm very critical of, of other people productions that I that I experience and I I wish I wasn't because yeah I wish I could just sit back and enjoy it but (laughs) it's hard not to I think that's how you get better you know I I would agree taking a little bit from from everything you experience just in life is what makes you better I hope I actually answered your questions and didn't you you did that was perfect (laughs) no I really appreciate it yeah I'm willing to come back whenever you guys want me because this was, I enjoyed the hell out of this. Perfect. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks for coming, Chris. Anytime. I was glad to do it. And I, uh, like I said, I hope I gave you the content you were looking for and uh, I'd love to do it again. I could get a fish for a five cent worm. Oh, you're paying way too much for worms, man. Who's your worm guy? Um, I got a Tanzanian news update. Okay, let's hear your let's hear the Tanzania news update. 
<laughs> all right, all right. Um, so Tanzania news hit the intro. The infection causes immediate respiratory failure. And scientists claim that new patients are now transmitting. You know what Fugazi is? Fugazi. It's a fake. Fugazi. Fugazi. It's a wazi. It's a wazi. It's a fairy dust. From Tanzania? Yes, I am. Yeah. What do what do we do? Coronavirus yep. is here, right? How is my oh, that is a very good I'm very curious how the president handles it in Tanzania. <laughs> yeah, I bet I bet. Um well Magafuli uh you know he's <laughs> controversial guy. He's going crazy. Um it it's controversial. Um, so he's instead of telling people to stay home, yeah, and you know, chill out, to quell a satanic virus that can only be cured by divine intervention. Well, happy Easter, man. Happy Easter. First of all, it's a good time to do it. Happy secondly, Easter, baby. Secondly, nothing else is working right now. So I can't I can't bash on that because I don't know. You know, I haven't seen that other things have been working. We don't have a vaccine that I know of. Uh, he went on to say that the coronavirus cannot survive in the body of Jesus Christ. It will burn. Um, well, that's probably true, but I have to remind our dear friend Magafuli that JC, I'm not JC. All right. I'm just a guy. I'm just a, I'm just, a normal Steve. guy. I'm just Steve. Maybe I worship JC, but, you know, so JC might be safe, but I'm not. Exactly. I need Magafuli, the bulldozer. The bold, the Tanzanian bulldozer to keep the people safe. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I, it's, we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. Uh, but I would also tell people to probably also stay home. <laughs> he could. The uh, thing is, he could tell them both. He could tell them both. He could say, "Go ahead, stay home," and also, uh, "You go ahead and pray. It's not going to hurt." Uh, this um, next portion of this it ties in um i like to call it uh trump might not be that bad okay uh so <laughs> you got you got magafuli just just out here doing him at least god you know jc yeah but then you have belarus's president i don't even know where belarus is i'm assuming europe uh he's telling people to fight off the illness by working in the fields <laughs> Work. They still have their national soccer championships going. Uh, he doesn't care. Belarus is is just. Uh, I don't even know where Belarus is. That's just Central Europe somewhere. Uh, it's in between Russia and the European Union, apparently. So, uh, one of those places. All right. So the Belarus president Alexander Lukashenko has called coronavirus vodka saunas and driving <laughs> tractors. According to the Belarusian state, is this true? And where do I get a tractor? <laughs> uh, I again, like I would just need to see it. Probably all three at once. He's saying it might be the cure, right? Uh, well, he didn't specify like it would be like vodka or saunas or driving tractors. He just yeah. said vodka, sauna, then tractors. So I'm In assuming that, that DUIs are not a thing there. 
you and you you can get a DUI on a tractor. Um, Damn right. As I've as I've said the story before in Southern LA, there was you a guy that got a DUI on a bicycle. Yeah, exactly. So you so this it would be bad to the vodka. Um, and then the sauna. I feel I could see like well, I guess if you, you did go, it in the order of like so you drink the vodka, then you sweat out the vodka in the sauna. Oh, then, then you, drive you drive the tractor, drive the tractor and then you're cured of Corona. Get the fresh air, and then you're cured of Corona. <laughs> and you're good. <laughs> All right, well, baby. We'll just we'll have to hear Vaughn's thoughts on that. Uh, our Corona expert Vaughn. Yeah, he might we'll be. See what his thoughts are. Much better yeah, at fighting it than Vaughn. I think I'm yeah. gonna do Belarus news. This guy sounds better than Maga Fooley. <laughs> this guy, I like it. I like it. Um, I did want to uh, Smacko sent us one email. I want to go to chubstep.podcast at gmail.com. People send emails, and I want to share you guys uh, this email from Smacko. So I'm gonna share my screen here. It's a vid- it's a video of um Iron Chef uh Bobby Flay actually a big Bobby Flay fan. Jay send it to our phones. It, okay. It's it's just the guy revealing that the secret ingredient is beer. What's the video called? I want to watch it. <laughs> god. I don't know. It's oh god. All right, I'll just text it to you guys right now. It's Paul. It's it is a 10 second video and I'm telling you exactly what it says. <laughs> <laughs> we will use that sound bite because I actually do like that sound bite. Uh, that's a good one for when we talk about beer in the future. Uh, Chubstep.podcast at gmail.com is the subject of this email. That's from Smacko. So thank you, Smacko. Thank you. Go. Smacko, the Smacko. unedited version of that was like eight minutes. Old. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Steve. Thank you for it. Yes, that is, that's very accurate. Um, I do have a. Uh, I do have a Billy Bob Thornton movie review, but I'm thinking we save that. Um, if there's you guys, one thing you guys want to get to, be, Steve, is there anything? Oh yeah, I did. I have good news for Pat. Yeah. Oh boy. This okay. So this is more Roni uh, affiliated, but Pat, a lot of restaurants are closing. All right. Down, slowing down. This is good news. You know, I like restaurants. Well, the rats that have been feeding on the restaurant are dying. It Not only are they dying, but waves of rats are eating each other, having rat battles, not rap battles, ratting their own children. <laughs> it sounds like a rat battle. That sounds pretty cool. Now, <laughs> now <laughs> I can imagine one colony of rats, hey, we used to eat at Popeye's, but Popeye shut us down. They're going to get over across the street, and they're going to go outside like, what's the closest? Uh, it's a margarita bar. They're going to go straight to that margarita bar, and they're going to say, well, this is our block now. They just start eating all insane. <laughs> they're turning on each other? It, yeah, the rats are turning on each other. Self-imploding. Yeah, they have colonies, and there's rat wars going on. Um, <laughs> they just eat each other. And then they like go try and eat Popeye's restaurant dumpsters, but you can't get in there anymore. So then they go to the margarita bar and try and get into probably your apartment, Pat. So this is a warning and also rat population going down happiness. I'm only in here another 12 days, so I think I'll survive. That's long enough. If they would eat their own children, 
Yeah. What would they do to you? <laughs> that's a good point, Pat. That's that's people they care about. That's their old kin. They'd eat them. They'd eat you in a second. I'm shaking in my boots. Okay. Uh, all right. We will wrap up the show there. Uh, as Smacko said, email show chubstep.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, rate the show on iTunes. New episodes every Thursday. Share the episodes with a friend if you enjoy it. And then, of course, follow us on, Ch- on Instagram, Chubstep Podcast, Facebook, Chubstep Podcast. Don't double-click that iPhone headphone and skip this podcast because we'll be right back with more Chubstep. <laughs> oh, God. I've had like a whole bottle of wine. And the show has ended. Uh, rest by case. Now you know you got to go. Peace. This is Yasin.